pathetic earthlings, hurling your bodies out into the void without the slightest inkling of who or what is out here. Is life just some kind of horrific joke without a punchline? That we're all just biding our time until the sweet, sweet release of death? Take her to the moon for me, okay? Welcome, friends, to another episode of Embrace the Void, where Vicini told us to go back to the beginning. So that's where we are, and that's where we will stay. I am your host, Aaron, and my guest this week is Matthew Cravat, a member of the board of directors for Triangle Free Thought Society. Matt gave me my first break as a public speaker roughly 10,000-ish years ago, and I'm finally making good on the quid pro quo by having him on. So Matt, my good friend, would you like to say hi to the void? Hello, dear void. I've been living in you for quite a while. I take that very personally and appreciate it. No, I, I'm glad to finally get you on. I've been chatting with a bunch of folks recently about sort of local secular organizing, trying to get different tidbits of like challenges, you know, tricks, things that people are experiencing out there. I thought it'd be fun to go back to the source as it were, especially because I'm going to go down and hang out with you guys again soon in October and just have a chat and see how things are going. Um, before we get to that, though... You have a big treat for us, apparently. I have been told you, you've come bearing gifts for the void. I mean, gift is a dangerous term. Yeah, I wrote <laughs> I, I wrote a theme song for this episode. Um, mm. original, original music that comes from my heart and original lyrics that you'll probably delete off. But uh, so this, <laughs> I promise no matter what you say, I'm going to leave it in because I'm just it. too lazy to edit, edit it out. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not Louisa. Do not expect this to be great musical theater. <laughs> <laughs> my, Fair enough. my daughter is the singer in the family here we go aaron and matthew aaron and matthew aaron and matthew embrace the <laughs> void jewish but atheist jewish but atheist just one god but he isn't real just one god but he isn't real. yeah it goes like that <laughs> just one god but he isn't real that's very good uh i'm glad you're here um so before we dive into Triangle Free Thought, why don't you explain to folks like what horrible sins you committed to the non-existent God that have brought you to being involved in all of this and on my horrible show? Um, being on your horrible show, that's your fault. I think well, you sure, were obviously. on... Because you, you, well, you, were on uh, you invited I mean, me first, like yeah. a vampire. You let me in your house. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's Thomas Smith's fault. I guess you were on his show way back when, and I don't know if it was atheistly atheistically speaking back then if it was just just become it was it was was, right before the changeover yeah and i just um i i have very little philosophy background like two two required classes in college that i didn't do well in and i actually three i took three because i took two electives one was science fiction and philosophy we watched science fiction movies and and we watched it it was a night class three hours we'd watch a two-hour movie and like the next week the first hour was discussing what we had watched and we had done papers over the week and then the next two hours was watching the, the next movie to discuss the following week um, awesome. and then we did one, then we did one that was generic film and philosophy um after that after i did the science fiction one which i got like a bunch of my fraternity brothers to take and the word had gotten mm-hmm. out that professor schermacher was an easy a and so <laughs> the class was packed 
and he did not appreciate. He was on loan from Germany. He was visiting and he just went like full on stereotypical, scary German the first day of class. You want to say the word Nazi there. I heard I, you. I, I heard your Jewish well, mouth okay. so framing he, the word Nazi. Yeah. So here's how close he got to Nazi because this is funny. Okay. I, I, he taught a third of my regular philosophy class, which is how I had met him. And then I had taken his science fiction class. So this is my third time with him. He knows me well. And they were smaller classes. It was an engineering school, not a lot of people taking philosophy. Mm-hmm. And he, so to, one of his things to scare people as he's making the class sound terrible, he says, Mr. Cravat. Tell me why you do not kill yourself today. <laughs> and uh, wait, we're, not, we're getting to the Nazi part. And the, oh, that's so I, good. <laughs> I replied to him. I said, Wolfgang, I think that same question every day. I think mm. if, it, if it wasn't for the damage it would do to my grandparents, it would kill them. Otherwise, I would do it. And he's like, this is not a good answer for the conversation. To the showers, Mr. Cravat. Oh, oh darn. I like it. They all looked around in terror. It was so great. Oh, he would get so canceled for that today, but that's yeah. so good. Oh, God. Uh, if I was the Jew in the room, I would die laughing. Uh, it was so good. And all oh, my fraternity brothers are all Italian. And they're like, after class, they were like, you're insane. We can't take this class. And I'm like, trust me. I and mean, the, ne- the next week, like a third of the class had dropped out. And he looks around and he goes, Weaklings. this is better. We can work here. And Cowards. <laughs> it was great. It was a great time. Yeah. Sounds like a martial arts teacher making everyone hold stance on the first day to see who really wants to hang around. Yeah. And he, he was cool. And he was like, you know, bring your own movies. If you, you know, if you, we, like we watched um, uh, Office Space, I think, or something. And it was like, sure. to, to talk, about, ca- talk about capitalism and talking about that. And then one of the guys, one of my fraternity brothers was like, hey, we should watch Easy Money or Ronnie Dangerfield. It's about money. And he was like, okay, bring it. And we oh, brought God. easy money, watched it. It's like it, was, it was a very weird class, but similar to, uh-huh. to Philosophers in Space, he found stuff to talk about you know, after we watched the goofy movie. So how do you get from Nazi philosophy professor <laughs> to being a Jew in the Carolinas organizing yeah. secular atheism stuff? Yeah, so I, so I come to atheism genetically. My grandfather okay. uh, had left Judaism before he left... Um, he would say Russia, the town that we were actually from is what was more, more in Ukraine, but now it's actually over the Polish border because the border moved. So we're, you moved, you moved from, from Fiddler, you moved from Fiddler on the roof. I understand. Pretty pretty much. He he moved, he came here in 1905 at like 15 and he had already as a teenager given up religion. So he raised my father with, yeah, we do some Jewish stuff, but we're not Jewy. And so I got raised kind of the same way. So I think you get the feel. Passover is group hangout time. Yeah, well, I write our Haggadahs. Uh, that doesn't mean anything to 90% of the people listening, but I write <laughs> ours every year, a new one to pay, as a scripted, uh, like like staged reading, depending on who our guests are. That's that's an impressive uh, amount of work. Yeah. yeah. For, I mean, I re-edit it every year, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I came to North Carolina in college. I transferred here after being in the school in Brooklyn with the Nazi philosopher who I love. And I met my wife and stayed and I got more into atheism because I was living in North Carolina where suddenly as opposed to Brooklyn religiosity was a weapon used against me by my government in North Carolina so much okay to be fair I've walked around Brooklyn and been accosted with religion by Jewish guys 
all oh, yeah. like you know they always want you to pray with them so i'm like oh yeah I feel like I, you know, I get accosted yeah. by religion everywhere I go. It's just different religions. Right. But um, not by the yes. government, but not by the government so much there. Like I didn't feel the government sure, was, was using sure. that. That's, that, that was the government thing. is too busy accosting yeah. other people. Right. My, my, in New York, when I, you know, so you're talking about wanting to pray and people don't know that's true. That's a hundred percent true. It's this thing oh, yeah. we, we used to call mitzvah tanks. They were basically RVs with a bunch of Jews in it. And they would ask you your mother's infantry name. too. They yeah. will spread out to the street corners. They will hit you harder than the Jehovah's witnesses. Yeah. I, my best friends, half Jewish, half Italian, you know, his father's from Sicily. He was raised Italian and Roman Catholic. And we got accosted once and they asked our mother and I, I mean, I started to cross the street. I just walked away and they asked Jack his, mother's maiden name and he's like Shalan and like come pray with us and I grabbed him and he unbuttoned his shirt to show this giant gaudy gold crucifix around his neck and they were horrified and ran away in fear yeah I mean I think this is an interesting thing I want to put a pin in the Jews here for a second uh because I think it's it brings up an interesting question about like our secular and atheist groups failing or struggling partly because we're not willing to just run people down in the streets like that um well, we definitely have the issue where we can't tell you that you go to hell if you don't come to our meetings and pay dues. Like that, churches definitely have a a, a big win. Not so like not necessarily synagogues, but churches mm-hmm. have a big win. On yeah, the, fair enough. Hell. Uh, before we get to that, though, right? Help me explain yeah. uh, explain Triangle Free Thought for me. How yeah, do you end so, up there, and what is it? So I ended up here just because they existed before I joined. They were having David Noyce, who was a lawyer for American Atheist, visit. And mm-hmm. a coworker and I were like, oh, we should go to that. We saw an ad for it basically in a you know local paper. And then we both felt like, and hey, we make good enough salary that we should pay for membership before we show up, even though guests were welcome. You know, we, we just thought, yeah, I can afford, you know, 25 bucks for an annual membership. Let me go ahead and sign up and support their cause. And then I went to that talk, didn't go back for six months until my wife and I mm-hmm. went to one of their weekly happy heathen hours, just a little happy hour at a local bar. Uh-huh. And when I talked to um, now past president, uh, then like member of the board, uh, our friend Sue, she remembered my membership application on the website when I signed up because I had put my improv comedy troops website as my website. Mm-hmm. And my bio had that I performed in the Bible, the complete word of God abridged. And she was like, oh, no, this person's not supposed to be here. And like, and not knowing it's a very tongue in cheek comedy version of the Bible. It's the entire Bible in 90 minutes. Sure. Right. I assume it's like complete works of Shakespeare abridged. Yeah, same same authors. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And uh, we had done Shakespeare. First. I didn't know they had done a Bible one. Oh, that's oh yeah. They did Shakespeare, the Bible, Western culture, sports. That yeah, they've done a bunch. Oh. Yeah. Good. To and know. Um, yeah, the best one is Shakespeare though, because it's starting with yeah. the best material. Sure. Yeah, the Bi- the Bible's not as good source material as Shakespeare, is. which is ironic because mostly Shakespeare is just cribbing from parts of the Bible. So yeah, well, I know that we're all stuff. we're all yeah. right. If you, you know, if you steal yeah. enough good things, it becomes something great. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, so I just joined and then ended up on the board one day when Sue said, "Would you join the board?" And I said, "I'm really, really busy. I mean, <clears> if you if you really need someone because you don't have enough numbers and you can't get anyone, then I mean, I guess I could." And an hour later, I was copied on an email saying, "Matthew joined the board." Hey, at least you got asked first. I've been put on boards without even being asked first. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, yeah. I pretty much, and I did the same thing to our mutual friend Marcus. I did, who uh, everyone in the sure. Facebook group he knows. deserves yeah. it though. Yeah, I was like, no one deserves anything, but Marcus deserves yeah. that. I was like, he is younger than me. He has more energy. He'll get stuff done. So, um, and he has. It's been great. Yeah, and I want to talk about the sort of generational stuff a little bit. But like, um, can you explain Triangle Free Thought a little bit more as a sure. group? My, my understanding is that it kind of does straddle atheism and skepticism. Yeah, I mean, being in North Carolina and there not 
having been a lot of groups when we were formed, it tried to be all things to all people. Um, so our mm-hmm. our intro to our our talks which you've heard twice since you've spoken for us twice you know basically <laughs> we go through every synonym for non-believer including um secularist and skeptic and mm-hmm. so we do some skeptic stuff we like to have if our happy hours fall on friday the 13th we bring umbrellas and you know uh, and ladders and mirrors and we break mirrors and we walk under the ladders and we open the umbrellas we do all the bad luck things just to laugh at them um and just play a little the, uh, do the trivia. thing just to show that we don't, you know, fall for those things, um, which is always interesting because not every atheist is a skeptic. So some people are a little weirded out when we make fun of ghosts and UFOs and whatever. There are some people in the group who believe those things because you can be right on the God question without being a skeptic. Like being a skeptic also, will eventually lead you to atheism, but being an atheist doesn't necessarily lead you to skepticism. Since you brought this up, I would love to, to just momentarily diverge. And I, I believe um, my, my hypothesis at this point is that every human being engages in some tiny, at least Pascal's wager version of like belief in luck and like superstitious luck. You know what um, I mean? Aaron, like, I hate to tell you, but it's luck all the way down. I don't know. I know. I know it's non-superstitious luck all the way down, but <laughs> I think we all do some version of knocking wood sometimes. You know, and we might do it ironically. We might tell ourselves we don't really believe it, but we're still doing it. And yeah, I think part I, of, some tiny part of us is still doing it just in case. I, I, My version of that is sometimes I have a gut reaction of that and have to say, oh, no, that's stupid. Why do you have that feeling? Like I, like I don't do it just in case, but like I'll have a second a thought of, you know, maybe you shouldn't say that. Well, what am I saying that for? That's but you're saying there's not a single irrational superstition. No, no, no. I'm sure there is. I mean, like when I, I, I when I identify them, I, I tamp them down as soon as I can. But oh, sure, see, I I'm sometimes sure will accept that... them. Like I have one where it's like I actually believe that I'm not very good at rolling dice, which I know is a silly thing to say out loud. <laughs> but like I rolled a lot of dice in my life. I have a pretty large data set here. Um, it doesn't go well for me generally speaking. I'm better. I do well better. Do better at games. Let me say where that like don't involve that level of random chance. Is my experience. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But also when I play a game with somebody else and there's a like random chance function, I'll let them do the die rolling. (laughs) Yeah. And that, I mean, I guess I used to think the opposite of that when I played Trivia Pursuit back in the day when that was popular, that I always got the easy questions. Like people thought I was great. And I was like, but I got questions you knew the answer to, too. And I just get the Mm -hmm. right questions. And that just happened often enough. But probably it's just, you know, confirmation bias that the days I won were the days I got the easy questions. So I remember them. Yeah, I do like... I don't I bring it up because I think to some extent sort of like atheism, the goal of atheism is to get you to not believe in God, right? Skepticism, <laughs> the goal is to get you to be skeptical of all the things maybe. But I, I do think there's a kind of like perfectionist element to it, like a maximizing element to it where it's like to be a skeptic, you have to have zero un, you know, like un, irrational or unjustified beliefs rather than like maybe really, really, really low yeah. number of them in a trivial yeah. way or something like that. So I don't the, way, the way I like to describe my skepticism is, and I stole this from a website that's called lesswrong.org is I try to be less wrong <laughs> every day wrong. than I was the day before. <laughs> you know, I'm not perfectly <laughs> not wrong. I want to be less wrong next time. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's trying to minimize those things. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So you, you mentioned that there's a little bit of anxiety sometimes when y'all do one thing for one group and the other group's not so into it. Do you struggle when y'all are doing programming to kind of balance the... Because I think a lot of people assume that atheism and skepticism are like a perfect circle Venn diagram of communities, but there's actually a lot of not yeah. overlap, let's say. Um, and 
like they especially in terms of like what they want to see or listen to like what they want to hear is very different content a lot of the time yeah well i would say that you know our group is first and foremost an atheist you know group or non-believer group so whatever word people want to use they're atheists humanists you know agnostics where i hate when you use that word to mean atheist but fine um uh but you know and then within that it's more of a subgroup are also skeptics so that's more you know it's not like i don't think we have religious skeptics joining the group mm. so you feel like you are a primarily atheist organization that does some skepticism stuff yeah like skeptics the last thing on my list of synonyms you know so it, it you know it's more like there, there are a lot of us are skeptics most of us are skeptics i think in the group and probably people who aren't wouldn't admit it for the most part but that's not our main focus like we don't go out and advertise ourselves as a skeptic group we advertise ourselves as a community for non-believers does that create like? Do you consider rebranding the name? Because like triangle free thought, like free thought is a term that I would associate with a skeptic group more than an atheist group. Yeah, the name predates me, and mm-hmm. um, and I mean, originally when they first formed, it was the uh, I forget if the triangle goes in the beginning of the end, but triangle freedom from religion or freedom from religion triangle because it because we are an oh, affiliate sure, of right. Freedom from Religion Foundation, right. and then they they quickly renamed themselves to be more broad than just. I'm just a member of the FFRF. I I will give you my wild guess at why we're the Free Thought Society because living in North Carolina, that was a safer name to have than have the word atheist in our in our title. That that would be my guess. I figured those people who need us will find us, and you know, figure we started in 2007, so the world of SEO wasn't as advanced. There wasn't as much. You know, we weren't as much an online organization as we are now. So. Mm-hmm. I think I think it may have been it may have been partly protectionist. You know, like let's use a word that's not offensive. Sure. Similar to does it um, make you like if you're if y'all were masking in that way, does it make you kind of want to come out of the closet as an organization that like maybe you can be more overtly I, atheist than I, you have been? I don't I haven't thought about it because um, my day job I'm in marketing and to give sure. up the marketing equity that we have in the name in the in this sure. community in the area would be a huge starting over kind of point to rebrand mm, right yeah it's a, it's a hard trade-off right i mean like this gets into sort of like i think there are a lot of really interesting nuts and bolts questions about local organizing so like one question would be you know your, your people are searching out atheist groups how many are you losing because they're googling atheism and not free well, thought right versus like you know, the equity with the name, which could be a sort of intangible, sort of difficult thing to assess. Yeah. Well, I'm a digital marketer specifically in my marketing life. So our website is super well SEO'd. So if you okay. search for any of the synonyms, any of the town <laughs> any of the enough. towns in our in the counties around us, like I I overly mention locations and synonyms and those kinds of things. Um, to the point where like when Pride rolls around we're one of the biggest hits on Google in the area, like not the organization putting on the pride events, but our websites are better. So our website comes up for the big pride events before they do in natural search. Interesting. And people oh. reach out to us thinking that we're hosting pride and we're like, no, we just go every year. We, we have a table. We, you know, we sponsor it, but you know, we don't host it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what would you as an organizer say, you know, like there's one classic bit of, um, advice that's given to content creators in general but i think organizers are really just a kind of content curators uh which is you can't be everything for everybody right like if you try to be too broad an umbrella you won't be anything to anyone kind of thing um do you know or like um you'd rather be you know 10 people's favorite thing than 100 people's 10th favorite thing or something like that right like 
do you do you have any sort of thoughts about as a marketer like people working with orgs trying to build orgs like being more targeted or being sort of broader in that kind of way or does it really just come down to tweaking your seos enough i think it depends on the market that you're in right so if mm-hmm. you're in a place that has other um organizations that are similar you know so other that serving the same community then there mm-hmm. is a benefit to each one focusing on something so to an extent you know there is a like 30 miles from our main base, but within the triangle, there's a Sunday assembly, Chapel Hill, Chapel Hill, North Carolina is like 25, 30 miles from Raleigh, which is the center of where we really do most of our stuff. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, if you're familiar with the Sunday assembly, they're basically godless church is kind of the way they pitch themselves. They do a lot of singing, you know, as if they're doing hymns, sure. but they yep. do pop songs. Yep. They have speakers, but they're usually about like a secular or philosophy or some. Yeah, I'm for that secular smells and bells kind of thing. Yeah, and they're great. I've gone to a number of their their things, and some of our members are member who live in that area are members of their organization. And I think there's a there is a definite thing that we're the FFRF group is most of our relationship, most of our thought that we are a lot of activism in our in our group from people who know both because theirs is just community. Mm. And what I try to do in our group, but there's no really other group. Like those are the choices. There's an F, there's a triangle ethics group, but that's their you know their ethics and that's great. That's not really what we focus on, so that we don't overlap too much. Um, hmm. And but there's a so I think for us the uh, if I back up our four pillars we call aces, and I'm sure most groups have something like this. However, they say it your statement your principles or values or something like that yeah so our our four pillars our aces are aces activism uh community education and service so so our education is where you come in you know it's our speakers who who we have for the most part our program meetings i wouldn't include me in that but sure and and that's where we probably since um our to drop marcus's name again marcus and i do most of the booking for that so that's where our skewed view that we are very strong humanists comes into play. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for social justice speakers a lot, sometimes science things like we had a scientist talking about vaccines and how the vaccines are made. Um, but for the most part, we're bringing social justice and, and philosophy and morality and you know stuff like that in because that's what we care about. So mm-hmm. there's a skew that the people who are interested in that are the people that that pop portion of our organization probably appeals the most to. Um, mm-hmm. and if somebody else wants to bring something else in, that's great. So like one of the, one of the guys on the board wants to bring a local street epistemology person in, um, and we're like, cool, like, that's not what Marcus and I are into. So we're not going to flag that person down, but, you know, grab a free month and you're welcome to bring them in when you want to. And so that might be where our subgroups, our segmentation really shines. But like our main, our big thing is community. And that's, open, that's a big umbrella for everyone. Like it doesn't make a difference you know, what your brand of, are you focused on being a humanist? Are you focused on being a anti-theist? Or are you focused on being um, a humanist? For a community, that doesn't make a difference. We're having picnics, we're having meetups at the bar, we're mm. organized trips to the zoo. You know, those are things that we just want you to meet other people. And you can find the subgroup within our group that's your click and becomes your best friend group. You don't have to be best friends with everyone, but it's a place to meet people mm. and have a chance to meet people who are similar. Like we always keep in mind, maybe there are people with more conservative values than those of us well, on so, the board yeah, but... have, but you know, we try not to offend them, but we don't work to do a, um, you know, any, a conservative hmm. program for them though. There was 
someone in town a couple of years ago who was you know like reaching out as a conservative atheist who wants to talk to them and we said sure we'll host you to have a you know a meetup at a bar and we hosted it and like you know two people showed up for it okay so unfortunately you said enough words that i have to plane you on this yeah. or at least raise some questions here yeah so to me a community as a as a concept is a value centered thing Right, a community is a thing for me where a group of people share values, including the values of caring about the well-being of other people in that community. Different from like a club, right? A club is like we all care about, we all like sports. So we're going to get together and watch sports and you can be conservative and watch sports and I'll be liberal and watch sports. We won't talk about politics. But like a community, there has to be some agreement on some basic moral principles. Um, you know, so for example, y'all, you know, your four pillars include activism right like activism has to be driven by a, a moral set or a values or something like that um you know you mentioned having sort of more conservative individuals there does seem to be like there's going to be some challenges there where if you you know like someone wants to invite dawkins to your group versus the opposite right someone wants to invite a really strongly pro-trans speaker to your group to talk about you know, um, LGBTQ education in schools or something like that, right? Like you have to kind of, this is where you can't be everything for everybody really, I think does ring true to me where like ethically speaking, you can't be everything for everybody because right. people disagree about ethics in a big way. Right. And I think a lot of that is in our program meetings, like where I say our program meetings are skewed by the fact that we are social justice minded humanists on the board. So that's the kind of speakers we have. And I'll say we did have Dawkins, but you know, back a long time ago before he exploded, actually before so you I was- You wouldn't have him at this point, you think? <laughs> I don't even want to say his name. Um, yeah. And we, and we did have Callie too. So, you know, we, 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 we had the sure. kind of people you mentioned in our group. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. you haven't. I'm saying no, no, no. I'm saying I think you picked the two. You picked two examples that we we did. Sure, and ironic. Then, okay. Ironically and, on point. Right, yeah. and I'll say like to our point, like when we had Cali in during Pride, and we're and we table at every Pride. If there's, if there are homophobic or transphobic people in our group, we're not worried about offending them when we do that. Like, like, like I'll say, sure. like, like. Yeah, if they want to come to our picnics to, because they don't want to be preached at, and but they don't want to come to any of our program meetings, that's fine. You know, interact. So with the level of conservatism that you're willing to accept, and one beyond which, I mean, probably not so much. Yeah, so it, we would not accept hate, hateful behavior at our events. I think that's not acceptable. You have well, whatever you want also, in your head, but I don't want to hear it. Well, yeah, and of course, like by hateful, I, I imagine you mean including things that are like hateful but very civilly put. Yeah, if if yeah, I mean, if if we identified it, so I guess civilly put, how how subtle it could be that we don't see it, but mm -hmm. if we, you know, we we have gender queer person on our board, and if she came over and and said that. I identified something that I think is wrong with person at this event. They'd be, you know, bumped from the, the event completely. It's never happened to that. Like I say, we have one person on the board who mentions everyone. So we should remember, we may have people who don't think like us and we bring it up sometimes, but then we usually kind of mm -hmm. negotiate around it and we don't really change what we're doing that much. We mention it, but like we talked about wanting to do, get the vote out stuff. And that comes mm -hmm. up and we're like, we're 513C. We're not going to tell people who to vote for. We're just, going to tell people they need to get out and vote you know, our newsletter is going to mention right, you can't. vote your secular values like so we're not we're not taking a position you know regardless of what everyone on the group's personal position is everyone on the board's personal position that's not a it's not the organization's position the organization position is vote i mean on our website triangle free thought 
dot <laughs> org. Uh, we, we we have a section <laughs> marketing work. We have a section that's uh, called activism, and there's mm-hmm. there's three pages on that, and one is links to our to our um, national organizations action pages and activism and legal pages, mm. and and one is um, lo- which has local activism, but it's all about voting, how to check your voting status, and how to register to vote, how to find out where your voting place is. You know, so we have quick links for that. Like we're just linking to smarter people than us, but giving you a clearinghouse of links for that. And then another one is alerts where I go to secular coalition, freedom from religion, American atheist, and I copy some of their alerts and put them, whatever the current ones are that would affect us um, on a page where people can go to. And I put some in our newsletter monthly, just so there's a place where people can know they can, and then links to go sign up for their alerts. So people can just get the alerts directly from them. But mm-hmm. have that there to to yeah. um, to give people a clearinghouse, a way to get to those places and know they exist. Well, yeah. So let me, I want to ask more about these four pillars, right? So we, I, I harass you about community. I'll give you a pass on education for now because you're inviting me back. Um, activism <laughs> and service are like synonyms in some people's minds to some extent, right? I, I can see a distinction between them, right? Mm-hmm. One is more oriented towards like a specific explicit structure versus the other one like you could go help at a homeless shelter without making it about anything other yeah, than like so, helping or something like that I mean, right yeah we might choose what services we do based on our, our morals and, and our social justice but but that's for service i'll say well you're not our, there to, you're our, not there to proselytize while you're yeah doing i mean it. no we organize okay we're going to bring a 20 person block to the food bank to sort vegetables you know to be brought mm-hmm. out to the mm-hmm. east coast i mean that's one we we regularly do and you know people there don't know why we're there there's 100 people volunteering that day just 20 happen to be from our group we just register for a block of volunteer slots so that is we, something i'll do regularly yeah we do the food bank regularly it's one of the first it's actually one of the first things i did with the group after um what are some other like i'm just curious what are some other yeah. things that you found are like good activities like that so we do we do food bank regularly. We've done diaper bank, which is a similar kind of thing where you go and you pack up um, care packages um, for parent, young new parents for in, that are mm-hmm. uh, economically disadvantaged. Um, we've done uh, Habitat for Humanity. You know, go out there and volunteer to build. Uh, we've been talking about doing an adopt a highway stretch of road, but right now there's nothing available in our main area. Like everything is taken. We're kind of waiting for new opportunities mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, we remember and we go out and we check. Um, <laughs> We've done uh, volunteering at men's shelter to, um, you know, put together, like do cooking breakfasts at the men's shelter kind of thing. What is men's shelter? Lunches. Um, it's, uh, well, we've done it on women's shelter too. So the same like a women's shelter, <laughs> there's uh, oh, separate shelters so that you don't get battered people I, in, I, in the I, same place. Yeah. So just like those family I, shelters. I, I assume that was what it was. I just wanted shelters. to make sure that I was yeah. understanding. Yeah. Not an MRA shelter. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Going your own way in yeah. a shelter seems challenging. Yeah. Sometimes the men's shelter are, is easy to do without worrying about being an imp- imposing thing where a bunch of guys show up at the women's shelter and maybe that doesn't make them feel. How do you all, th- so how do you think about, so like, you know, a lot of folks, what, six out of seven or whatever, coming out of religious backgrounds into secular spaces, I think are often very gun shy about proselytizing. Um, how do you think about when you're doing that kind of work? Are you doing like if somebody asks you, are you talking about it? Are you like, yeah? So if I jump into the activism, because that's where it may have more as like part of our activism is tabling. You know, we go to lots of um, sure. pride events. We go to um, as Aaron knows, but the rest of the void doesn't. My wife and my daughter are very big in anti-gun violence activism. It's what they do. Right. 
24-7. So a lot of times when they organize events, we table Despite those Despite being fans events. of Hamilton, I just want to point out that hypocrisy in their characters, but sure, move along. <laughs> They're okay with, um, you know, music. Um, Fictional gun violence. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, they just want to reduce it. They don't want to get to zero. They're realistic. Uh, <laughs> as long as it's Hamilton getting shot, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so, so, so we go to that tabling. So I'll say, what do we say when we're tabling? Are we going to um, evangelize while we're tabling? And the answer would be no. What we're there for, and what we would even at, at an event like a volunteer event, we're there to say, hey, we're here. If you're someone who doesn't have a community because you've left your faith community, and you don't know we're here. And it's amazing how often people don't know because they don't Google it. It doesn't even occur to them that there's organizations and and, and social groups they can belong to that are not that are secular, sure. they're not religious. And because we get all the time, oh, I've always wanted a group like this. I'm like, do you own the Google? Because we, we've been here. <laughs> well, but I mean, I think it's something that like, you know, going back to our, our friends, the Jews in Brooklyn. Yeah, right? I was going to say, like, it's just like that. We're, we're evangelizing to our, our own people. We're not looking to convert. Yeah, but you're, we're not running people down hard enough. Like, I, I, you know, like there's an interesting, I don't know, I sometimes wonder if like we're leaving souls on the table, as it were, right? Because we're afraid, you know, you know, the first time you had me out to Triangle Free Thought, I showed up and gave a talk about moral realism and metaethics, which is like miraculous how many people stuck with me after that particular conversation. But like... You know, I think we're afraid to be objectively moral realists because we're afraid to like come out hard like the like the Christians are and say or, the, you know, the, the theists are and say, like, this is just wrong. You should just not be doing this. Um, and I wonder how much we are anxious about proselytizing and by as a result, sort of like losing individuals who like don't even think to look for us. But like if we were pushing a little harder and chasing them down, you know, they might be really interested. Yeah, that's the newest member of our board. That's his job. <laughs> but yeah. there's a, a gentleman who's joined recently. Um, he, he's in like a probationary period, you know, following our wonderful bylaws, how, how what it takes to become a full member of the board. But he is um, doesn't mm -hmm. do street epistemology per se. Like he's familiar with it, but it's not his thing. He likes to have deep conversations. <laughs> so like at our uh, the Pride for My Town, Apex Pride, as he was walking to the food trucks, he saw the religious protesters at the entranceway that were kind of being, they were allowed to come in as long as they didn't start trouble. Once they started like just being two in people's faces, the police said, well, you, can you go, you want to, you want to hold signs up, go back out to the entrance. Don't, don't come in with signs and stuff. So they were mostly out there. Not a lot of people, a handful. And um, this member of my group, I won't drop his name because I don't know that I have his permission the way I know I do with Marcus. Um, no worries. Went out and he just, plopped down in a chair next to them and he talked to them for four hours. So instead of screaming and yelling, holding up their signs, these five people were all focused on him and he didn't, you know, proselytize them so much as he asked them kind of the, you know, the, the, the Socratic questions. He's trying to get into question their beliefs. Like he hasn't studied street epistemology, as I said, but he, he, uh, <laughs> he was, he was giving them a bit of an Aaron right. treatment of like, I think the way that you treat someone who says it's not luck all the way down. And then you're like, Oh really? Wasn't this luck? Wasn't this part luck? Well, how about this? kind of digging them down right. in their beliefs and um, lightly challenging, but more for that planting a seed for it to grow. So I think that's probably something he'll want to be involved in. And that's kind of the way our group as an all volunteer group, that's kind of what happens a lot. It's what people are good at and what people want to do is what our group does. Like we used to be very activist in protesting and in um, reaching out politically. And then that was the old board. The new board doesn't do that so much. 
So I'm mm. trying, I'm trying to bring some of that, the, at least the government contact part back. I've, I'm, I'm, uh, one of our members is very, uh, politically active in the campaigns and stuff. And she is hooking me up with a printer who will print up pre-made postcards so I can write postcards to all of our elected officials on the mm-hmm. um, state level here and introduce ourselves. You know, a, we're secular, we vote kind of campaign of sending them all postcards and then setting up an advocacy day where we have a, the board and a bunch of volunteers meet down by the general assembly's building, have everybody's names on um, all the senators and representatives names on uh, index cards, hand them out. And each person take turns going room to room, just introduce themselves and saying, you know, we're here, we're interested in separation of church and state. We're here in uh, rights for marginalized communities. And, you know, we're nonpartisan, so we'll go to every door. I expect half the doors will slam in our face or a little more than half. Um, but, you know, or we'll be told, yeah, talk to the LA, the legal assistant, you know, talk to, you know, don't, but you won't talk to the representative and some will mm-hmm. be let in to have a chat. Um, so, we're gonna, so I want to start moving us towards that. We just started doing it when the COVID happened. So it kind of put breaks on everything that was going to sure. be, Hey, let's go shake hands. You know, that, that disappeared. Let's not. Um, yeah. So, so we're just, start, just getting back into the, like I said, um, one of the members has helped me uh, get this printing job done because we're finally ready to mm-hmm. rebirth that idea of being more, more on the activism front. In a- yeah. I mean, so this is sort of part of my question. So like one of my questions is, should we just as atheists or secular individuals be more willing to just like, stand out there with signs maybe they don't say like god doesn't exist change my mind which is a little too adversarial but we could say you know i i don't believe that god exists would you like to know more and like you know people can wander up to us and like like a kind of a kind of proselytizing activity would you say you're very pluralistic i guess about because there are some folks on the left who are like there's no point in talking to people who like fundamentally disagree with you about a lot of things because minds don't change um I don't know where where do you stand on terms of like do you feel confident about what mechanisms work or not do you feel like you're just willing to try anything because you have no idea what works well i mean i think i think everything works but for different people mm-hmm. like di- different you know marketing mm-hmm. you segment your audience mm-hmm. different people were, were respond to different triggers you know in regular marketing yeah, it's su- su- some greed and some uh, fear those are the, the two big marketing motivation motivations um but different people respond to different things i know there's a group in san diego or at least there was that set up in it's about boa park right where the zoo is if you know san diego where i see pictures of their booth that's hugging a big hug of atheist booth and they're like out there every weekend <laughs> or at least they used to be i don't know if they still are but like so so like that group is doing so exactly basic, what you're saying sure. yeah but, right like but that's it. to start that conversation right the, the big positive sign of hugging atheist and then negative people come over and you could have a conversation sure. i think the challenging thing is those are Difficult Plus, they're paying a fight with somebody who offered a hug, which is embarrassing. It's just so yeah. embarrassing. How cringe could you be? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But but the, the challenge is, you know, it, you have to be good at those conversations. Like, you know, not everyone's good at debating. Not everyone's good at a sure. Socratic conversation. So you can do more harm than good. You know, especially you get someone. You know, I used to in college argue with the street the street preachers all the time. You know, they come to the brickyard and they'd be preaching. Sure. But I was smart enough to know what I don't know that I'm not going to beat them on talking about scripture even even old testament new testament of course not at all but even old testament i only know my little bits and pieces so i would always try to get it to be mora- morality conversations because i can talk it's about embarrassing morality. that they know our book better than you do it's yeah i feel you though yeah, yeah. i mean, a lot in that book 
Uh, just, you know, I, I went to Hebrew school until I told the rabbi he was a Hitler-looking son of a bitch, and then I wasn't welcome back. So then I went for private lessons. All the time around Nazi-based leadership, I'm noticing. Yeah. The, the world, uh-huh. Hey, I, I learned it from watching you. Fair. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, I read the that. skeptic. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, so... You know, there's another issue I think that kind of lurks around all of this, which is generational conflicts internal to our organization, right? So there's like, there's one conversation about why are we so, you know, organizing around secular or atheism as well at all. And I think like you've sort of given good answers about that in terms of like the needs of communities to have those kind of spaces that don't feel religiously oriented. Um, and within these spaces, you've mentioned a couple of the kind of like fault lines of things like you know, social justice and whatnot. Um, how do you experience the kind of generational tension or dialogue around these kind of issues? I, you know, like, I, I do you identify as a Gen X? What, what a generation are you actually? I, I, I was born in 1967. I am squarely Gen X. Yeah. Squirrelly Gen X. Okay, right. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. I wasn't going to say boomer. I think like, my, 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 my brother, who's four years older than me, is a boomer. Yeah. So yeah, but, you're in a situation where you're like watching the boomers and the and the millennials like go to absolute fucking war over our culture in a big way, and obviously y'all are like the forgotten middle child, the, you know, the like which the, I am the, the, the Philip of Lion and Winter here, right? Just hanging out, just like no one has a thought for you. Like, what is your experience of all of the like woke cultural conflict stuff? Um, I. I will paraphrase uh, it Kevin Bowling from Secular Student Alliance. Uh, sure, pivot, pivot to Kevin. That's a good way to avoid. Yeah, well, we'll, well, I mean, well, no way. I think he's he gave me a good way of looking at what I do. Kind of like I look at humanism. Like I don't do things in humanism because of humanism. I saw humanism, said, so, "Oh, that's me." Like identify with it because I was already thinking those terms. Kevin was speaking for us uh, once upon a time, and he said, "The young people of the future. So you either get in line with them or get out of their damn way." And um, that really resonated. And I really tried to be um, more in line with what my children's generation and their um, 21, 25, 26, uh, there's three of them. It's not one age there. That's not one person. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I tried to be you know, like their view is the future view. So while there are some things that the first time I hear them, I'm like, I don't, doesn't, okay, fine, whatever. But I get, try to get on board with it because it's going to be, the more future view. Um, and I think we're, we're in an interesting place, even generationally, the triangle free thought society, the word triangle to define why we're called triangle free thought is we are in the triangle area, the research triangle park area of North Carolina. So we're between university of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Duke university Mm -hmm. and NC state university. Mm -hmm. So we have we have the highest concentration of unemployed PhDs in in, in the world in our area. They, uh, at least we used to. I don't know if it's still true, but that's what they used to always say, because we have such highly educated people, um, just in the area, just because mm-hmm. of the universities churning people out. And those are just the three major universities. There's plenty of others, and so I think mm-hmm. we, we have a maybe even not the, the average. Even our older generation of people are not the average older generation of people. They're, they're, um, I don't know what reason, whether it's because of the fact that we're in the bluest spot in the trying in the state, or if it's because yeah. they're old school atheists who came together early on and, and were people who wanted to build a community. Like, I don't know which, what things skewed them there, but 
we um, maybe people just don't didn't show up for like your talk or Callie's talk or someone else's talk if it was a topic they didn't agree with, but we never got pushback. Like the board has never heard, why are you bringing these people in? Why are we talking about this? Like that's not been a pushback we've ever gotten. Hmm. And yeah, for folks who are not familiar with the area, my, one of my favorite quotes about Chapel Hill is actually from Jesse Helms. Um, folks who are not familiar with Jesse Helms, <laughs> Jesse Helms is- You wound like, me, sir. Like, like the platonic form of- um, uh, what Lindsey Graham, right? Like Lindsey Graham is like a diet Jesse amateur, Helms. Amateur, amateur. Right. Jesse Helms once said, why build a zoo when we can just put a fence around Chapel Hill? <laughs> Which like, you know, is, to your credit, right? Like like that's that's, a, that's high praise in my opinion from, from that particular source. But yeah, y'all are in a, like a very blue area in a very red area. Um, so there, there's going to be some tension there. Um, so yeah. you haven't gotten any pushback yeah go ahead uh, not that anyone's articulated like so there may be people who dropped off from doing th- and also a lot of our last couple of years pushed towards more active humanism because like i say the previous board was more focused on the activism stuff and and when we did stuff where like overpasses they were there with giant signs saying you know hog if you don't honk if you don't believe in god and and you're know, advertising things out in the public so that that having the police called on them for being there and the cops being like i don't know why they called you have a permit um mm. So, um, so, you know, so the previous group did do more stuff like that. We've shifted more to a social justice stance right. and it's definitely, but this also happened during the time of, you know, the pandemic, you know, like when did you visit us? 2019, you know, and that was, I think the beginning of our, was it? <laughs> so, so I think that was the beginning of our kind of our shift of what we were focusing on mm-hmm. and the pandemic happened right after we started that shift. So which it's will teach easy. you, right? God smote you for fucking yeah. <laughs> shifting towards secular ethics. <laughs> Certainly. And, um, but it's like, so it's hard to tell if people, you know, aren't in our virtual meetings because it's virtual and they have to log in versus, you know, and, and even just, well, half the reason they came to our program meetings, because it was also a social meeting. We had pizza at our meetings or we went out for dinner after the meetings. It was the time we got together on a monthly basis was at our program meetings um, in those days. So it's hard to tell mm-hmm. if the change in people coming to things, you know, people are not showing up because of the topic or because half the reason I showed up was to see everybody and virtual doesn't give me that. So I've, I'll show up at the Saturday um, breakfast and I'll show up on the happy hour, you know, in the evening that it's near me, but I'm not, you know, calling into a meeting mm-hmm. unless it's exactly the topic I, I want. Okay. So generally you've been very pro, like what we would call the millennial side of the social justice argument over the like yeah. broadly and insultingly speaking boomer side yeah and as um, the, there's six people on our board and it's me and one other guy who are you know in the, the same age 55 56 years old and everybody else is you know under 40 okay right so i mean as a gen xer i'm not surprised that you would avoid conflict in any way um <laughs> but I, I of course have to provide pushback here i feel like so you know the quote from kevin who again good friend obviously i have to troll him this idea about the kids of the future so they get we should get out of their way feels like a half truth to me right like there's a sense in which it absolutely is true right you have to be thoughtful about the way things are changing culturally but i also think it's your obligation as somebody who has been around for a while to also mitigate shape that view of the future to some extent right you don't want to overly control it but you don't want it to like 
lose track of prior understandings that are valuable, for example, right? Like the, if we're, if we're being maximally generous towards conservatism, the good view of conservatism is that it like conserves the valuable things while leaves open the things that we haven't locked down yet or something. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, like as someone who's watching a lot of these shifts happen, watching a lot of these arguments happen, are there like particular issues or, or pieces of debate where you feel like your intention with, the sort of shifting norms towards what we can think of as like the broad woke agenda. I, yeah. And this is a safe space. You won't get canceled because no one's listening. Go ahead. I have, (laughs) no, that's my podcast. Nobody's listening to. Um, Mm. I personally, so not speaking from the group, this is just Matthew speaking. Yeah. No, we're going to cancel you personally, not. Yeah. 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 This is me. Um, One of my pet peeves is infighting in groups, right? And people, Mm who are supposedly on the same side going down a tangent argument that detracts from the greater point. So I bite my tongue hard. If there's some small thing that I disagree with that I think that my argument is detrimental to the bigger cause. That's right. I mean, here's a stupid example, but it's the one that comes up Mm -hmm. a lot for me is I always see ads for the t-shirt that shows a pie chart of everybody's rights and it says you know equality is not pie you know you don't get less and i'm like well that's 100 percent wrong because right now if a white christian male is getting promotions and getting an easier time getting jobs because of prejudice around them and bigotry around them and you get rid of that bigotry they then their chance of getting that promotion and job go down because people who and it should you know like th- th- their unfair advantage goes away that's a smaller piece of pie it's like that, so I think that meme is completely mm-hmm. wrong, but I would never argue that like in a thread where someone posts that meme, because I agree with the greater thing that society needs to have the equality and, and fixing the problems and equity that, that we don't have. So I wouldn't take a side argument over being a, you know, a, you know, actually that graph is wrong and, and arguing it because th- there'll be, I'm not adding any value to the real problem by arguing mm-hmm. against the meme. Well, okay, let me ask you then, because we are posing as skeptics here, um, even if it's low on your synonym list, are there things where you do feel like you sometimes need to push back or where you feel like there's an important corrective that's often being missed for the sake of, like, uniformity around certain kinds of values? Other than that, like kind of example of some things like that. I mean, there's some things like I'm an English major or I was an English major. I have an English degree. Now, it's mm-hmm. weird to say I'm a major when I'm not a student and haven't been for 35 years. But so there are things where, you know, when words get redefined in the public consciousness, I have mm-hmm. I'm slow to, to accept the redefinition because I'm like, that's not what the word means. And I get we're using it in a new way, but it still frustrates me on an English major level that that's not what it is. That like what, what like racism, for example. Well, yeah. So so saying so redefining racism as always meaning systemic racism instead of having mm-hmm. the word systemic racism, and I'm not going to argue that people shouldn't do that. But it took me a while to get used to that being the new word, and it irked me when people would argue that no, that's what it means. I'm like, no, that's how you're using it. You're using the word to mean systemic racism, and that's fine. But that's not what the word means. Otherwise, systemic racism wouldn't be a phrase. And we're just what we're saying is in the new activist environment, when we say racism, that's a shorthand for systemic racism. And that's fine. But when it first started being used that way, there was something that, you know, in my old Gen X self that, you know, 
stumbled me every time it was being said. I'm like, that's not, it's not, it's not true that it means that you just mean that you're using it that way. And that's fine to use it that way. It's just not what it means. Um, similar, you similar with the word agnostic, you know, like the word mm -hmm. agnostic, you know, uh, to tell you, but you know, originally meant you cannot know, so you should not take a position. And now people use it to mean, eh, I'm not sure. I'm like, it's not what it means. I mean, I get, I get that. I get that's what the atheist movement is using it to mean now. So I, I won't argue with it every time, but I do want to bring it up sometimes going, that's, you know, saying you're agnostic atheist is really weird because I hear, I refuse to take a position. I'm taking a position when, when you say that. Yeah. Right. We could get into ataraxia and like the right. suspension of belief around things where you right. cannot but I'm know. Not gonna, but I'm not going to make an argument about that in a thread about yeah. atheism I'll, because it's like, it's not benefit. Because I mean, like you repeatedly, I feel like sort of rationalized, justified, you know, like I do this because I have my Gen Xing nature or whatever or something like that. I, you know, like I think it's important for us to argue. And I think, um, you know, one of the concerns I have around the kind of social justice shift, which, again, I'm very pro and supportive of, is the kind of deference politics stuff. And this is like. This is very hard because a lot of the people who have raised these kinds of concerns are assholes and like are terrible people who've like said terrible and things and like want to promote really terrible ideas. And so it's difficult, I think, to voice these concerns because of those associations in that kind of way. But I do worry that, you know, when we talk about things like the children are our future, so just follow them and get out of the way. You know, in any situation, I think we're all wrong about shit all the time. I don't want anyone to defer to me about stuff on any reasonable thing. Like, even if it's an ethics issue, like, I want you to argue with me about it. I just feel like I'm probably going to have better arguments because I've spent more time on it. But I would never tell somebody, look, I'm an ethicist. Take my word for X. Like, but, that sounds terrible coming out yeah. of my mouth. But to the, the same point, like, you know, I can argue circles around my daughter, but I don't want to convince her to, you know, give up something that's one of her... Mm. beliefs because i'm better at arguing i don't want to be you know um you know well, do you uh, want to do it because you're right and sometimes she's wrong right so like so to again be personal not in the group with my daughter's activism right. i am i am her i'm not her speech writer but i'm her speech editor like she writes her speeches and then i come in and i punch them up and i'm like let me do some marketing we want three short phrases here we want a repetition here you know and i'll mm -hmm. so, i did the same for me i appreciate yeah. it yeah, so in that, and I do it for some of her songs. Like I've written the choruses for some of her songs. So like, let me give you a chorus people can sing along with, and then she'll run and write a whole song after I wrote four lines. You know, um, mm -hmm. so Chat GPT so, does the same thing for me. So <laughs> right, I am I am her Chat GPT. So I, I I would guess, and I don't, I don't know if I think about it that consciously, that I push back on some of her things and challenge her on some things in my comments on her speeches, um, but she knows. And when I, and there's a difference, there's two things I do if I'm in her Google doc, right? I will change things that I'm like hundred percent, this needs to be changed. And I'll just mm -hmm. edit as I go. Anything that I feel is I'm changing her message and not her delivery of it. I do as a comment off to the side, you know, a comment bubble and say, sure. here's what I would consider. So I will try to guide her with my sensibilities over hers sometimes, but not, I was, but it's up to her to take it or not take it. And, um, you know, happily. She is a very strong-willed person who will either say, oh, yeah, that's better. That's what I meant. Or that's what I, oh, that's better than what I meant. Or she'll say, no, this is what I want to say. This is what I mean. And I won't push her on that, you know, other than to offer up the suggestion because I don't think that's my role. 
but you are mm. you are you know you have the benefit of it being a situation where her values largely align with yours if she was writing you know arguments about like maybe the nazis were good actually you probably would be opposing the content and not just the so why are you form. talking about her brother now why'd you bring her brother up? What's going on? <laughs> her brother is definitely a firebrand i'll give you that no uh, my uh yes yeah, so my older son um void is fluent in german so that's good for a nice jewish kid um he's also right. uh, you getting... all know it's the language of nazis He's also uh, pretty good with um, Yiddish. He taught himself Yiddish after learning German in school. He has a, you know, a degree in German. And now he's learning Arabic. Because his wife's from Saudi Arabia, so she's teaching him Arabic. Ugh, he's, insulting. Yeah, he's really he's good at that. And you know, he's a computer programmer, so he speaks all those languages too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I always say I'm a little jealous of people who have an Uncle Frank to argue with about politics and stuff. Because my parents were, and you'll relate to this too, my parents were hippies. So, you know, my dad's a folk musician hippie. So we don't, our arguments over the dinner table are super subtle and on small points. There's not, you know, my, mm-hmm. my dad, when he first, my parents first moved down to North Carolina, my boys were little, daughter didn't exist yet. And he put parental block on Fox News so they wouldn't accidentally see it in his house. It would never be on by accident. Sure. So I, so I, so I'm, yeah, so I'm multi-generational not having a conflict like that. I mean, I'll argue with my, 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 my baby boomer brother. I don't like to say boomer cause he's not like a hundred percent boomer in the derogatory term that we tend to use it though. He is technically a baby boomer, but right. he's got some of those things, you know, of like, he's not a huge fan of universal healthcare equality cause he's like, he's, he's rich and he's like, why shouldn't sure. my kids get the best of everything? I worked my ass off and took no vacations. So, Why shouldn't they get? He thinks everyone should get a basic, you know, amount. But it hurts two different things, though, best. for me. Like, there's one thing between like arguing with the people on the outside of the community. I, you know, like you started at the beginning being like, um, one issue you have is inner scene fighting, and I do think there's sometimes where like people try to like outwoke each other in ways or that are like particularly frustrating. Um, but you know, I had a philosopher of, of like politics and, and like, you know, marginalized organizing on a little while back. And like, I think they make a good argument that you want conflict within your organization. You want arguments about values and like, if schisms have to happen at sometimes that's worthwhile. Um, but like, I think we want to avoid becoming these kind of echo chambers of like, we're just really, really supportive, you know, like it's worth, I think, sometimes being so like another thing that comes up, obviously, as a luck pilled individual that I care about her personally about is that, like, I think some of the woke stuff leans pretty retributive, that there's a loss of the idea of restorative justice in favor of like, we just want to smack back at the people who've like, had it a little too good for too long kind of thing. Um, like, I'm not a fan of eating the rich. I just think we should mulch them and grow some nutritional vegetables. Sure. Instead of eating them, I think what we should do is deconstruct the system wherein they exist and like reassign them the job of being happy farmers or something. Um, That's a little too off topic, given we're almost out of time here. I do want to wrap up with one final question for you, you know, like post COVID. So like COVID has been a giant clusterfuck for everybody in the organizing world across all fronts. I don't know Um, what post COVID means. Well, pre COVID, post COVID, like I think we are in a post COVID world in the sense that people are like, interested in hanging out again you know i'm curious what your experience has been in terms of are you seeing attendance fatigue for online activities are like on you know like in-person activities surging because people are just like desperate to see other human beings in the flesh at this point um i think our 
online activities have not never been as well um, attended as our pre-COVID activities were. So mm. like not so much as we've seen a fatigue that it never really was huge. And there's definitely less people on the meetings now than there were in the beginning of doing the virtual ones. And we actually haven't even been doing any this year because we got fatigued of doing them on the board of setting them up and doing them. So we've kind of focused on doing in-person outdoor things so like our happy hours or places that have outdoor seating. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been doing a picnic a month. Like as soon as like it got started to get warm and, you know, April, we're like, let's start planning picnics. We're having a picnic a month and, you know, we're getting subs or we're getting um, the end of this month, we're getting Mediterranean food and, you know, got a shelter at the county park you know we're bringing people in mm-hmm. for just um my daughter with the guitarist is a little jam session with whoever brings musical instruments and it's just community you know building let's do the fun thing um you coming down in october is like the first time we're looking to do an in-person uh program meeting since COVID started. Mm. you know like i, I appreciate like, okay, being the fine. canary in your coal mine I, it's yeah. real badly for you but at least like you can blame it on me right yeah well it's you know, it says you're, you're, you're a regular now because you did one in person and one uh, virtual. That's right. So, you, so, you, so you're This one's going to be about the just world belief. It's you, folks I guess want a little bit of preview. I think you and Andrew Seidel are probably fighting it out for most 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 often. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he did the same. He came down pre-COVID. I need and to then, get him on the show so I can Highlander him. Yeah. <laughs> the only one. Um, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, he video bombed a video conversation I was having with my wife and daughter once you gave my daughter a present. So you're winning on that front. All right. Well, I mean, obviously I'm better than Seidel. He's a lawyer yeah. and I'm an ethicist. So like, exactly. clearly I'm vastly superior in every way. Definitionally fight me, Andrew. Um, okay. We're out of time. But we should not end on such a ridiculous inside joke. Um, do you have any final thoughts for people like who are trying to figure out organizing, trying to find a community, trying to build a community again in their in their local spaces after the disaster that has been the past few years and our lives. Yeah, it's work. That's that's the, the tough thing. You think it shouldn't be. You think it's hey, we just want to come together and hang out. And if as a member of the group, that's what it is. You know, you can log into our program meetings. You can come to our happy hours. You know, but we're having calls saying, how do we keep this thing alive? How do we keep this thing going? And it's and and not from like an economic standpoint, because right now, because we're not doing live events, we're actually cash positive because our membership um, is here. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there is the how do we keep doing interesting things, coming up with ideas and executing them. And one of the the big risks that I, I think is the um, saying, you're going to be mad at me because it's the thing where I try not to down, argue with people is pe- new people come in and say, hey, let's do this thing that we've tried before and didn't work. So mm. there's a desire to say, you know, we've tried that before. It doesn't work. But there's also the voice in my head that says, well, maybe I just sucked at it when I tried it. So go ahead mm. and try it because maybe it'll work this time. You have. Um, That's not totally unreasonable. Yeah. And I think not the I, worst approach to that problem. Yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you, again, as someone who works in marketing, it helps if you have someone who works in marketing or has a marketing mind in your organization helping out because there's things that are not common sense that, I mean, they're common sense when you say it out loud, like, Hey, if you want to get different types of people to join your group, you need to have different messaging to those people and message in places where they are. So they'll hear your messaging. Mm. Sounds like common sense, but it's not the first thing you think of if that's not the it's way you're a lot of effort. Think. That's a lot of, yeah, a lot of work. It, it's a lot of work. Smoke. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely takes work. You know, like right. we talked, you know, mentioned SEO on the website is putting it out there. So they'll find you. But if you really want to try to, if you're trying to build your membership, you know, and that's one of the reasons, you know, like I said, we table at, at all kinds of events like March for Science. And we did one that was just a tabling event for groups that do tabling. 
You know, it was kind of like mm-hmm. a, like a, like a, you know, job fair. It was just come out there. So other groups like you can know you exist and you can get partnerships, you know, it's right. just there to say, Hey, we're here. And, you know, go to different types of groups like that. If you just go to pride, you're not going to get, you know, you're going to get people who that's part of their uh, social justice thing. It, we also go to gun violence things and, you know, to say, Hey, if you don't have a church to go and cry on someone's shoulder, you can cry on someone's shoulder who you met through us. Right. It's always right. retail. The, the more, more places you can go, the more people you can reach and it, it takes some work. Fair enough. All right. Well, Matt, this has been wonderful, but unfortunately this means I now have to torture you. You are familiar with this. Yeah, yeah I am familiar with the torture. But for those just entering the void. That's right. For those not familiar, this is the enlightening round. Enlightenment comes from within. All right. So here's how it works. I'm going to give you a list of things. Maybe they're things. Maybe they're not. And you're going to tell me if they're real. Maybe they're real. Maybe they're not. Okay. You cannot hedge. You don't get to define your terms. At most, you can express and vent your suffering. As a non-philosopher, it's not really going to hurt. I'm just going to be like, I don't know. You just don't care. Right. (laughs) You're just the the guy in portals, too. Couldn't care less about paradoxes. All right. Let's start. First of all. The cake is not real. Sorry. Right. 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 So as a non-philosopher, I probably know the answer. But let me ask you, is anything real? Yes. Okay, great. So let's find out what's real. Uh, real or not real? Bodies. Real. All right. Minds. Not real. Okay. Well, I'm on hedge, but I don't know. Yeah, the no, you're do- the you're already in the you're already in the hole. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Um, free will. Not real. Mm, ah, see, that was just I'm using your definition, not the one I would normally use in my head. See, so. I see your deference politics on your face. Yeah. Luck, really not real. Not real. <laughs> I wish I, this is the one part of the show where I wish it was visuals. So people could yeah. all enjoy <laughs> the reacts. Yeah. Uh, not real. Okay, fine. Be that way. Uh, demons, really not real. Not real. Afterlives, not real truth real beauty not real justice not real and finally hope real okay you survived how do you feel great i mean it's tough that some of the things are just definitions we've given to things in our head so it's the definition real or not it's that's fun it's it kind is, of a, yeah you're 100 percent right and yet every person almost every single person seems to suffer through it yeah like how could it be suffering if it means so little and yet here we are yeah there's more of like ah that's like it depends on what you mean by that word like free will has 10 different meanings so one of them sure i don't think that's the only thing i think it's also the recognition of like wait a minute maybe my definitions suck um but yes yeah, yeah. but i just i I miss the old fictional characters followed three questions later by God. Oh, (laughs) make sure. Or or (laughs) the other way, God God first, then fictional characters later. And you realize, oh, that's a fictional character then, isn't it? And I say, I want to say yes to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, Matt, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on and um, chatting with me. Um, Do you want to let folks know, I guess, where they can find Triangle Free Thought stuff? Um, And then maybe hang around a little bit. We'll talk some extra fun things. Sure. if you, I, I dropped it during the show, but trianglefreethoughtsociety.org. Uh, actually, just trianglefreethought.org. No sorry. 
sorry, trianglefreethought.org. Um, we wow. a society wow. in, the URL, in the URL. I we used to, and I just tested it, and it didn't You're work. You're a marketing person. Yeah, we know it's supposed to work, and it's broken. That's Marcus's fault. He does the digi- <laughs> he, does, he does the back end. Ah, uh, there we go. Throw Marcus under <laughs> the, the bus. There's the re, the redirect. I just double checked before the call, and the redirect is broken. So trianglefreethought.org um, is us. And like I mentioned, I do a podcast called Talking About the Big Stuff, where um, two schmoes who have no expertise in anything talk about the questions of things that we hear on Embrace the Void. Yes. And I opened with talking about how you were involved with Triangle Free Thought, because we were talking about that. But people should definitely check out your podcast, listen to some dudes talk about some stuff. It's not Um, really that good. We just started doing it, and we don't know what we're doing. It's more like we're talking to each other, and we record it. Like all folks like us, eventually you move upstream to create a podcast. Um, but no, Matt, it's been a lot of fun. And people, if, especially if you're you know in the area, to check out Triangle Three Thought. It's a great organization. Highly recommend. Yeah, um, and I'll just say ninety nine point seven three percent of our events and things are completely open to the public. You don't have to be a member. You don't have to feel like there's any pressure to be a member. We do like one or two things a year, like festivist dinner that's orgies, for members only right. like yeah. the point seven percent is obviously orgies the way you put that number is so specific <laughs> jesus but yeah so we always get the message oh can i come to your picnic and see what you're like 100 percent. you can come to our picnic for five years and never join it's fine right masks optional yeah exactly all right thanks matt um and folks thank you all for listening and you know stick around have some extra fun with us as a human i was ill-equipped to thank you But as myself, you have my everlasting gratitude. Thanks again to our listeners and patrons who make this show possible. We have had quite a few folks join up over the summer, which I very much appreciate, especially given the spotty service while I was away. Um, So to play a little catch up, thanks to our new monthly Voidlings. Who Am I? Scott Hilton. Gridfire. Tristram Van Draper. Ronald Weber. And John Brown. And to our newest yearly voidling, Valerie Forrestal. And our newest monthly avouts, uh, we've got Matthew Parsons and Zanish. Um, and a very special thanks to our brand new Archon level patron, Void Pilled Eldrick Farmer. You are clearly in the right place, and I would love to sample your crops. Uh, thank you all so much for supporting, supporting the show. As always, of course, I'd like to thank our top tier patrons, our other Archon level patrons, Alex Beneshek, Serious Inquiries Only, Lawrence Shielding, Dude, Fix the Vote, and Grumble Grumble, and our remaining Archduke level patron, Big Easy Blasphemy, Last Blasphemy Standing. Um, if you'd like to support the show, please check out my other show, Philosophers in Space, with my co-host Callie Wright of the Queer Splaining Podcast. While you're at it, check out our wonderful editor, Louisa Lyons' Film Live Musicals podcast. Leave them all a five-star rating and a review on your podcast app. You can no longer follow me on Twitter at ETVPod, uh, but you can email me at voidpod at gmail.com or look up Embrace the Void on Blue Sky, because maybe that's going to turn into a thing. Uh, And, of course, if you notice a small void growing within you, consider supporting us financially at patreon.com slash embrace the void. Just $4 a month gets you early access to episodes and bonus VIP content. Most of all, Though it's got to be setting in at this point, you are the void, and the void is you. Aaron 
and Matthew, Aaron and Matthew, Aaron and Matthew, embrace the void. Jewish, but atheist, Jewish, but atheist. Just one God, but he isn't real. Just one God, but he isn't real. Yeah, it goes like that. <laughs>